Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. For the most part, when I say that with the collaboration, it's more so when the defense is out on the field and the offense is on the sideline. And it's not just Bill and or myself. It's all of us coaches together. Like we're talking through what we have on the call sheet and where we're at. And, um, you know, just schematically what we think is good as we go. And and so um, it just helps. It helps out. And I think you're, you're seeing that right now that it's, it's been pretty good. Matt Nagy talking yesterday more about these new resurgent Chicago Bears and what they're getting right, uh, what they've managed to change and how things seem to be working out. I am Hub Arker sitting in for Joe Ostrowski tonight on the Joe O Show. We've got an hour left, already having a ton of fun broadcasting to you live from the Hyundai uh, studios brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Just got off the guest hotline, the Alpamani Ford hotline, Alpamani Ford Melrose Park with Anthony Heron. Uh, J.J. Stankovic stopped by in the 6 o'clock hour. We've got Bruce Levine. Uh, Levine, I apologize, Bruce, coming up uh, in about 15, 20 minutes. Going to talk some White Sox and Cubs baseball, as well as continuing our NFL slash Bears slash football talk. Again, the phone number 312-644-6767. Let's get right back to the phones and welcome in Robert from the South Side. Robert, how you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Great show. So Thank you. I think schematically speaking, the, it, it's been a brand new offense for the past four weeks, and it's something that I've always wanted to see. I don't know where Blazer comes from as far as background, but I like to see a lot of Shanahan sort of styling the offense. And that, that's exactly what I'm seeing. You got flow, you got rhythm, you got the same formation with different plays. It seems like Nagy just brought the whole script in Kansas City and tailored the offense to the personnel that he has. And you know what? I, I was very critical of Nagy for a while. But to swallow your ego pill and just to make some changes, man, that guy got all the respect for me. Now, I just hope they keep it going because, schematically speaking, it's been a brand-new offense. And one thing that I, I, I think that changed recently was Mitch's input. I think, honestly, that's a very underrated factor as to why the offense changed. For a while, he was new. He was absorbing the offense. He, you know, he, probably, he was probably just listening the whole time. But now I, I like that he's talking. And I think that's huge. I'm going to hang up and listen. Great show and good night. Robert, thank you very much for the call. And uh, it is great to hear from Bears fans 
uh, with open minds, uh, you know, which we don't get all the time. And uh, Robert is now kind of turned around a little bit on the situation. I, you know, guys, for me, the, the question we're going to have to get to at some point is, do you say this is another, uh, you know, real positive mark on, on, on the Matt Nagy balance sheet because he acknowledged what was wrong, he gave up what he wanted to do and made the changes and it seems to be working right now? Or is it a bit of a negative that it took so long? Because it has been obvious for some time. I think at the end of the day, you can't make it exclusively either one. I, you know, I, I think you look at both sides of it, but as long as it works, and most importantly, Robert, if, if, if they can win the last two and somehow get into the playoffs and then show themselves to be competitive there, well, then there's no question that regardless of how long it took, you got to feel good about not only the fact that Matt made these changes, but that he's able to be successful with these changes. And, and should that happen, and guys, I am saying should that happen. I'm not predicting it. Uh, I'm not saying it will. But if the Bears actually do now play their way into the playoffs with a four-game win streak and then show up competitive in the playoffs, I don't know how you can't fire anybody, uh, you know, including Ryan Pace, because it'll be his team uh, that they do that with. And so um, it's still too early to, to make any final calls on this. But it is somewhat remarkable of how definitive it seemed to be in everybody's mind as recently as 10 days ago. And there, there just is no clear path to those same decisions that a lot of fans wanted made 10 days, two, two three weeks ago, um, until we see how this plays out over the next 10 days. Let's head up to Rockford and welcome Mike into the show. Mike, how you doing tonight? Hey, Hob, thanks for taking my call. Uh, Hob, you know, I'll be the first one to make when I admit I made a mistake. And you know I've been a longtime caller to your shows especially, and I have the uppermost respect for you. I think you're great. I think you're a wonderful analyst. Uh, analyst. Um, I, I called in after a game. was about three weeks ago when the Bears lost, and I was calling for everybody's head on a platter. Hob, I wanted to, I'll make this real as quick as I can. I'm trying to think how I can word this so I can do it quickly. Um, I think they should keep Trubisky. Um, I'm going to ask you the quick questions ahead of time, and then, and then you can answer. Should they, I think they should keep Trubisky if they can franchise him for next year. Definitely not go. I mean, he's much better than Nick Foles. There's no doubt about it. Um, get a tackle in the first round with their pick. Um, there's going to be some good tackles out there. Uh, and if they could sign another one in free agency. Um, the interior of their offensive line, when all those guys come back healthy, they're going to be really good, I believe. Their defense is still good. Um, and Trubisky looks good when he's rolling out of the pocket. And obviously they have a, they have established running game. And I got to give Ryan Pace some credit. Here's what I think, Hub. Let let Pace stick around another year, but don't draft a quarterback because obviously we know Pace cannot evaluate the quarterback position. Now he's been good in the third, fourth, and fifth and sixth rounds. He's been good with picks. He just can't pick first rounders and he can't pick quarterbacks. So I'll just listen to what you have to say about that hub, and I'm hoping Mike, they can keep. Uh, your... well, well, okay, but before you go, and I gotta ask you a question. I mean, if Ryan Pace is going to be here, I want him to draft a quarterback, not in the first round, which they're not going to do. Um, probably, and then really, you've got in my mind three near certain top 10 to top 12 picks. One and two is going to be Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And I think Trey Lance is probably going to go in the top 10 to the top 12. Bears aren't going to be there. So you don't worry about those three. Then you move on to the Zach Wilsons and the Kyle Trasks and guys like that. Wilson probably goes in the second half of the first round. 
I would not take him with the Bears are somewhere between 14 and 19, probably the way it looks right now. Um, I wouldn't take Wilson there because I agree with you. They've got to get that left tackle, and there's going to be some good ones. They need more pass rushers. There's going to be some great pass rushers. Um, they need another receiver. They need other things. So I would not take a quarterback in the first round. Then when you look at this quarterback class, there's the chance that everybody else drops to day three. There, there is no more certain you know, day two quarterbacks. Why not draft a developmental young quarterback on day three in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round, even if it's Ryan Pace, in the hopes that you get the right guy? I think Ryan Pace's biggest mistake is not doing what he told us he was going to do when he got here, which is draft a quarterback every year. But, but you want to give him that opportunity to make a third mistake. I'm not saying a third mistake. Look, Mitch Trubisky, he's got such talent. I mean, the guy, when he's on – he can thread the needle in the hole. He's as good as anybody when he's on. He kind of reminds me of a, of a, you know, a young Jay Cutler. I mean, Jay Cutler was like that. You, you got good Jay, bad Jay. You got good Mitch, bad Mitch. But I think Trubisky just hasn't been enough of a chance. Look at they drafted the guy. He played one year of college as a starter. I mean, I just I I think we absolutely do. You, can they sign Mitch again to a franchise tag? So what you see them doing? Uh-huh. You can't, no, no, Mike, and thank you for the call. No, you cannot franchise him. Number one, he's not worth that. It's going to cost you $34 million for one year. He's not a $34 million quarterback. I, I have always been a Mitch fan. I have always felt that people were pulling the plug on him too soon. I'm not shocked by what we're seeing now, now that he's been put in a position to succeed. But he also has not yet established himself as a franchise quarterback or a quarterback you can necessarily win playoff games with. That's what we still need to see. You don't use a franchise tag on that guy. Even if you had the luxury of a normal situation, a normal season, a normal cap, and that kind of money to spend, you don't next year. The Bears are in salary cap trouble right now, and they have not done anything about Allen Robinson yet. Jermaine Effetti is going to be a free agent. Not that he's all that valuable, but I'm just going over the list here. Um, You've also got to be concerned um, that your first three safeties, Tayshawn Gibson, Deion Bush, and DeAndre Houston Carson, are all free agents. Uh, Roy Robertson Harris is a free agent. Barkevius Mingo, who's come in and played pretty well, is a free agent. Cairo Santos and Patrick O'Donnell are both free agents. They are currently projected to be $2 million over the cap. Now, minimally, they got to clear the cap space to have room to sign Allen Robinson, one of those safeties, probably a couple other guys, and then get some improvements in depth and, and, and other starters. There's no way you've got the space to spend $34 million on Mr. Bisky for one season. Where I agree with you, Mike, is that it's looking like you probably do need to make a serious run at bringing him back for one or two years and let him earn the big contract because this cap issue is not going away next year. I talked with Bernsey about this, Dan Bernstein, a little bit you know, on Monday. I lose track of the days. I guess it was yesterday. Um, and, and, you know, what happened is that when the Players Association and the league, having already signed the new CBA that was set to kick in next year, the new 10-year deal, they did that before um, the, the the pandemic got out of hand and before we realized how bad things were going to be. They then had to negotiate terms under which they would begin this season because of the pandemic. And one of the things that they agreed to, that the, the owners got the players to agree to, is that the cap would not be cut by more than 10% per season until the owners were to re, able to recap 
what they're entitled to recap because they, the cap is still based on a percentage of total football revenue. And so if, if the cap had remained the same next year, the Bears, or not the Bears, but NFL players in general would be receiving 60 or 70% of this year's total football revenue, and they only get 47%. So, and I'm just making up that 60 or 70% number, but the number is somewhere out there. So whatever that gap is going to be, the owners are entitled to make that up, whether it takes one or two or three years, but they committed to not making up more than 10% of it a year. So the cap next year is going to come down by roughly 20 million a team. It could come down again another 10 or 20 million the year after, depending on how all these final numbers work out. We don't know what they're going to be. Um, and, and so the only option that I see for the Bears right now, and, and it might be the best option for Mitch Trubisky, is that they get him to take a one-year deal for 10 to, to 11 million guaranteed, maybe a two-year deal at 20 million with no more than, than 11 or 12 of it guaranteed. That's something they'd have to work in under the cap. But any more than that, they just can't do based on where they're at, both cap-wise, the age of the defense, and what he has done to this stage of his career. So I do think after what we've seen the last three, four weeks, last four weeks, if it continues for the next two weeks, you got to look long and hard at the reality or the potential reality that he's your best option at quarterback for another season. But when you start talking about franchise tags or long-term deals, you can't do that. You can't forget everything we saw the last four years. I mean, when you say he's a young Jay Cutler, no, he's not. He's got a totally different skill set uh, from Jay Cutler. He's got a totally different head and attitude than Jay Cutler. Um, there's really no comparison there at all. I think the, the, the maturing, growing Mitch that we're seeing right now um, could be a much better option for you and a really positive option in that locker room for a number of years to come as a team leader, which Jay Cutler never was. But we've got to see more consistency out of the skill set that he does have, and we've got to find out what the ceiling is on this offense that they're running right now before you start talking about paying the kid $34 million a year, even if it's just for one year, even if it wasn't impossible against the cap. You, you, you really just can't do that. So, guys, we've got to take another quick commercial break here. When we get back on the other side, we're going to talk some baseball. Bruce Levine is going to check in. Let's find out what the latest is with your Chicago Cubs and your Chicago White Sox. That is next right here at 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I do appreciate the support I've received from everyone in the organization, including the players. I know I need to prove myself, and that's both on and off the field. On the field, I'm really excited about the team we have this year and our prospects of playing Winning baseball, contending baseball, contending for a championship. I know I was hired to help contribute to this team pursuing that championship goal. And uh, I'm fired up and I intend to do that. Your new Chicago White Sox manager, Tony La Russa, speaking yesterday, I'm sure uh, consistent with what appears to now be some final resolution on his uh, driving issues uh, that occurred originally this past February and were finally resolved this past week. We are excited now to have Bruce Levine, our senior baseball expert here at 670 The Score, good enough to join me for a little while tonight to get us up to speed. It's a couple days before Christmas, just after Hanukkah, but it's also hot stove time around Major League Baseball. Very different stoves this year, Bruce, because of the pandemic, but nonetheless, all kinds of conversation out there. We want to catch up on where these two ball clubs are at, so let's start with the White Sox um, and that news uh, you know, but my first reaction to hearing that has nothing to do with what he was talking about. Tony La Russa doesn't sound like a 76-year-old guy. I, I don't know what a 76-year-old guy sounds like, but he sounds a little younger, doesn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, that's. I think that's the whole idea here, Hub, is the, the idea that uh, chronologically he's 76. But from all indication, all the research I've done talking to people who've dealt with him over the last five years, he's a... Uh, Alert travels is um, involved with the daily operation of the teams that he's been in with. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, 2018, I talked to uh, a couple of the writers who work around the Red Sox, and uh, you know I was told uh, you know directly that Larusa not only you know he was the uh, special uh, consultant for Dave Dombrowski, the, the president and general manager at that time. But not only was he there every day for the home games in Boston, but he traveled to all the games as a consultant. He was in the clubhouse every day. Uh, players would seek him out for his opinion. Uh, he was totally involved and immersed in what would, would turn out to be a world championship team in Boston in 2018. So th- this is a man who has it together, 76, 46, 56, uh, I, I don't think there's going to be any doubt about it. Now, being able to relate to a tight group that has been together for a short period of time, but an important period of time with the White Sox, that's his job to be able to fit in with them initially, get gain their trust, gain uh, the ability to communicate with them, and then move on from there. So he knows that's the task ahead. It's not people fitting into Tony LaRusse's plan. It's LaRusse fitting in to what's already a very good Chicago White Sox team. Bruce, I, listen, I'm not here to judge anybody. You know, things are what they are. Um, the, Tony La Russa had, uh, he, he made a mistake. It wasn't the first time he made the same mistake. The White Sox were aware of it when they hired him, yet were mum on it until it, it, it leaked elsewhere. Um, it now appears to be behind them. 
Um, but they still run the risk of if things start slowly, uh, the organization would take some heat. If they start hot, everybody's going to forget. Are, are you comfortable as someone close to covering the team that they've put this in their rearview mirror now and that it shouldn't come up again? Oh, it's not going to come up again. What's only going to come up, come up uh, Hub, is whether LaRusse is successful with this group. Mm-hmm. If, if, you're, if you're saying that uh, you know he'll be under the microscope, of course he'll be under the microscope. And he expects that. The White Sox expect it. But uh, Jerry Reinsdorf in the front office of the White Sox also expect that he's going to lend his expertise to handling game in and game out in a uh, fashion that uh, is uh, in line with what they believe is a championship team that they put together. So, um, yeah, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, You you have to go out there. You have to get best results. It's not like um, Rick Renteria didn't get good results from the White Sox. It's just that the White Sox people expect better handling of the pitching and, and the in-game operation from Tony La Russa than they got from Ricky Renteria. There was never a doubt that Ricky Renteria was someone that communicated well with the players, that got the best out of them. But when it came to game management, the White Sox were disappointed. I haven't talked to you since the Lynn deal uh, came as a little bit of a surprise to me. Not that they acquired him, but what they gave up. Not that they overpaid. I'm not suggesting that at all. Um, I, I think you've got the definition, practically, of a number three when you talk about an innings eater, uh, extremely effective, probably not going to dominate anybody, although he is coming off one of his best seasons. Um, is it enough or still more work to do on the starting rotation? I, I, I'm sure they'd love to get a lot, another left-handed pitcher in there to go with Keuchel, but uh, I mean he can't have everything. Uh, the White Sox adding Lynn is you know just another great veteran to go along with Keuchel, and then the young pitching staff led by uh, Giolito. I mean that's that, that takes an awful lot of pressure off of uh, you know the, the uh, Ceases and the Lopez's who are who are you know trying to gain some traction in being consistent major league pitchers. And then you have Michael Kopech coming back as well. But uh, I don't think they'll stop. Uh, when you hire a Tony La Russa, when you go out and trade a very good young pitcher in Dane Dunning for a veteran, all arrows point to we're going we're gonna to try to win, and we're going to try to win now, 2021, 2022, 2023. That's what they're focused on. So the rebuild is over with. It's not that they're still not going to develop young players, and there's an international player that they're likely to sign, uh, Jonas uh, Cespedes, uh, brother, young brother uh, here. He's one of the top young outfielders out there as far as international free agents. So they're not going to stop in, in going after young people, but they, they are putting the, uh, they're, they're putting their foot down and saying, this is our time. We need to win now. Bruce, I, I'm having trouble getting my arms around what the North Side team is doing. Uh, you know, they haven't done much. They're, you know, they're, they're tinkering uh, with the back end of the, 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 well, not the back end, but tinkering with the bullpen and, and the bottom of the roster. Um, I'm not sure that we could expect much more from Jed at this point. Everything's so new. Uh, obviously, uh, has, has uh, established his new front office, um, as well as both teams, I think, flushing out coaching staffs. Um, what's going on with the Cubs right now? Do you sense that uh, things will just be quiet till after the holidays? Uh, do you think they're actively shopping Chris Bryant? Uh, any sense of what, they're, what, what comes next with them? 
Well, the latest rumor, and uh, I'm sure they've talked about it because the Cubs admit that they talk about any player and do their due diligence around that. They're not afraid to talk about any player. Uh, they, they won't necessarily trade every player, but they'll listen. Uh, the latest rumor is Hugh Darvish. And uh, his, uh, you know, teams like uh, San Diego and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim looking for great starting pitching. And, uh, you know, Cub fan will pull over on the road, stop, and say, well, what does that mean for us? And if that's the case, you know, what, what it means for you is you're going to get two really good young pitchers and an outfielder if you trade you Darvish. You're going to get somebody's top players in the top ten, at least two players, uh, and pitching has to be part of big part of it, to, uh, to use for the future uh, for your team. The future can be right now as well. But Darvish uh, is looked at as a guy that can help somebody win a championship in 2021. The, the way the... Cubs set up right now, I don't think you look at them as a team that's going to be vying for a a world championship in 2021 with what they have right now, knowing that uh, they also have, you know, those three big free agents uh, after the season. So I think they can be a competitive and a good team and a team on the rise. And if Cub fans are listening, then you say, well, we need more pitching. We need more outfielders. We need our uh, organization fortified going forward if we're going to be quickly competitive in 22, 23, and 24. So 21 might be a, uh, yeah, we're going to compete, but more importantly, we're going to use some of the veterans we have here to get younger and better and uh, start our uh, rebuild very quickly here without talking about three, four, or five years, the normal time that it takes when people usually go under these situations. So I think they're they're open to anything right now, and I would not doubt that uh, Darvish, who has a um, limited no trade, I think it's 12 teams uh, that he can say no to, uh, would be a, a, a big, big uh, acquisition with big, big young talent coming back as well. Well, so so here's my reaction to that, Bruce, both as a fan and as media. Um, if they can get three top prospects and two of them are pitchers for Darvish, I'd mm-hmm. make that trade yesterday. I, I have no problem with that. But to me, there's something else that comes with it. You're now out from under the Lester contract. You're out from under the Darvish contract. Chatwood was making serious money. They unload that Darvish contract. I don't think there's any excuse not to be able to re-sign both Baez and Bryant, is there? Uh, no, I don't think there's any excuse. And I think it would be a consideration. I really do. Because at, as it appears right now, Chris Bryant is not going to get traded. Uh, making close to $19 million. Uh, you know, even though it's not a long-term deal, that, that's a lot of money without knowing what revenues are in 2021. So the Cubs, I believe, are, are going to look at Chris Bryant and say, you know what, he can help us win a lot of games this year. Things can change. As you said, money might be available to us in 2022 to definitely re-sign Baez and definitely re-sign Bryant and move forward in that direction. At the same time, being fortified with young players from other organizations that you've made uh, stealth trades with. So for me, um, I think it's clear that um, I'm like you. Uh, I I, I think Darvish is one of the best pitchers in the game, but um, if he can bring back three top young players from somewhere else, I I think you really have to uh, seriously consider it. What are you hearing, if anything, about the market for Kyle Schwarber? 
Well, I think it's uh, it's going to be a little tepid at the beginning here. Um, I, I think as teams start to uh, uh, understand when spring training is, understand uh, with COVID and uh, the possibility of uh, people getting inoculated and getting vaccines that the pe- people can be in stands. I think uh, players like Schwarber, uh, they'll, they'll have a clear definition of what he's worth to a team and how much money teams will have to spend on a left-handed power bat. Uh, at this point in time, we don't know the rules in the National League. So National League teams like the St. Louis Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers, I know uh, people don't like hearing those names, but uh, they don't they don't know right now uh, if there's going to be a DH in the National League. We're hearing speculation it might be, but right now it's a bargaining chip between the uh, owners and the players. So uh, that will cause national teams to pause for a guy like Schwarber until the, the rules are defined. I, I will tell you as a fan, it will infuriate me, but you know, that's just me. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I'm a National League Baseball well, guy. What but, part will infuriate you, the home runs being poured out or the uh, two strikeouts a game? Uh, none, neither. I, I hate what it does to the strategy of the game. Uh, I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it impacts oh, the DH and bull- the NL, you mean? Yeah, yeah the I DH gotcha. and the NL. I mean, it impacts bullpens, obviously. It, it, it impacts everything about the strategy of the game. And I just prefer National League Baseball. I'm not saying the American League isn't a better, not better league, but more talented league right now. It obviously has been. Uh, for a number of seasons, but I still prefer the brand of baseball played when pitchers have to hit. To me, it, it, it's a much it's a much more uh, interesting game from a managing and coaching perspective. And but that's just me personally. I want to yeah, bore everybody I know. with you that. Know, Hub, uh, yeah. I've always been with you the same. But um, uh, if you're going to put a bet down, I'm betting against you on this one. It's not. Oh, I. I you, we're right. going to see yeah. the DH, and uh, I think that's the wave of the future. But. I always love the strategy of the National League and all that as well, but uh, they have they have moved on from that. It's the same concept as NFL people being against defense. Everybody thinks points on the board, runs on the scoreboard mm-hmm. is all anybody wants to see. It's not necessarily true, but it's the perception out there. Um, but the, the 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 reason for the question that's interesting to me is that if if it if it does happen, if there is a DL in the National League, and if the market is tepid at first, should we not rule out the possibility of the Cubs still working out a deal with Schwarber? No, I, I don't think you rule that out. I, I just think they look at the complexion of their team. They look at their revenues. I mean, I think it, you know, if you're Kyle Schwarber and his agent hub, you're sitting there going, well, uh, the Cubs just offered us a one-year deal for $5 million. Um, I don't think they're going to be. They would be too happy with that because he was supposed to make nine million dollars uh, this year. But if it's the St. Louis Cardinals or Milwaukee Brewers offering five million or three years at pick a number, you know, mm-hmm. thirty, you know, or something like that, you know, twenty-eight, that would have a different. That would feel differently, I believe, to Schwarber and his agent than the the team that you were going to play on offering you less money you know what i mean it's just yeah it's just uh you know it's like how dare you offer me less money when two years ago i hit 38 home runs and had a breakout year and if it's another team it's like hmm okay well they want me for two or three years um okay we'll have to consider less money the first year so i think that i think the process itself will be difficult to bring them back 
Bruce, I, you can appreciate this more than most because we do the same thing. And, and this is one of those rare moments where I can just let the fan in me rage. Um, th there's a part of me, 2016 uh, is to this day and probably to my dying day, the highlight of my sports fan life. And, and, and I just don't think we remember enough the impact that Kyle Schwarber had on that World Series. You know? and so uh, it, it's not even that I think he's that important to winning another one as, as I just I, I hate the thought of him being gone. Because when I think back on it, it was almost as big as anything else that happened over those two weeks. Well, I agree with you. And his makeup is off the chart. He's a great guy on top of that. And, uh, you know, just a, a short two years ago. If you want to throw out the 60-game season, he had a breakout year with 38 home runs. He led the team in home runs. He was second in RBIs with 92. And this was all, you know, what they were building toward when, you know, you remember, you know, you remember 15 and 16 when he was, you know, a mythical figure and they don't win the World Series without him uh, being the DH. But uh, people forget 17 when he went back to the minor leagues. He had to go back you know, for a, a month or six weeks uh, to the minor leagues just to get himself straightened out because he was doing so poorly. So, um, you know, it's been an up and a down, down career for Schwarber, but there's no question that as an individual and makeup and, you know, all the things you love about a baseball player, he has a lot of those characteristics. Bruce, I know there is no off-season for Inside the Clubhouse every Saturday morning on the score from 9 to 11. Do you, do you guys get a, a Christmas weekend off, or are you going to be going We do Saturday? not. There's no yeah. such thing in, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm actually working with Steve Rosenblum on Christmas Day, and we're working from uh, 8 until uh, 12 in the morning, so uh, 8 till noon. So we're going we're gonna to load up with uh, some of our brethren and uh, who aren't celebrating the holiday and have a good time, and... Hopefully people will tune in. And we are on actually from 9 to 11.30 on Saturday. Myself and uh, Matt Spiegel, we have an extra half hour as we lead into the NFL game that starts on noon on Saturday. Yeah, I noticed they hauled out all the idlach for Friday, and the only reason I get a pass <laughs> is because my wife is a shiksi. So uh, it's, uh, it's the way it works in this biz. What are you going to do, Bruce? I yeah. appreciate hey, uh, Hub, thanks. Uh, have, a, have a great holiday season, and it's always a pleasure joining you. Thank you so much. That is Bruce Levine. He is one of the sharpest baseball minds around, and he is all ours here at 670 The Score. We are going to take a quick commercial break before I come back for my final segment. If you've got a question or a comment we didn't get to about anything that's on your mind, 312-644-6767. We can squeeze in a couple more calls. We're back in just a moment right here at Chicago's number one rated all sports radio station, 670 The Score. Welcome back, everybody. Hub Arkus with you for just a few more moments here. We're going until 9 o'clock. It's been a real pleasure for me sitting in for Joe Ostrowski tonight on the Joe O Show. I hope you all are enjoying it. We've been talking a lot of football, a little baseball. Great guest list tonight with J.J. Stankovic stopping by. 
uh, on our guest hotline. I should say, of course, the Alpamani Ford hotline, Alpamani Ford Melrose Park. Uh, is uh, the sponsor for all of our call-in guests. We had Anthony Heron, just had Bruce Levine, uh, Adam Stadzinski, Studs, producing engineering tonight. A great job, as always. Appreciate all you guys being with us so much. But we do have a little bit more time to spend, so why don't we now jump back to the phone lines. And uh, I'm not sure. I know we've got a caller up, Studs, but I'm not seeing yet who that is. So uh, if you will let me know, we will welcome them into the program. Yeah, Larry and Elgin's been hanging on for a while. There we go. Larry, I apologize for the confusion there. You know, guys, in some respects, I I think it's almost miraculous what all of my peers and comrades here at The Score and NBC Sports Chicago and the various places that we work, Westwood One, have pulled off during this pandemic is how we put these shows on for you from various locations with different pieces of software. But every once in a while, we're going to get a glitch uh, like we just had. So I do apologize for that. Let's get to the phone lines and see if Larry is still with us. Larry, are you there, buddy? Yeah, I am. I appreciate you having me on. Sure. Thank you for calling. What can we do for you? Uh, I just had two points. Uh, you know, I always listen to you, Hub. you got good football acumen, great football acumen. I'm sorry about that. Um, but my point was about Mitch Trubisky and Nagy, the play calling. Like, I've obviously, I've, I've been a Bears fan my whole life, and I've watched since Mitch has came in uh, as a rookie. And my problem is, like, with Ryan Pace, like, a part, like of course we can get mad at Ryan about – you know, his drafting and everything like that. But one of the faults I feel like he made was, is I think if you look at Rook, uh, Mitch when he came in as a rookie and you, I don't, I didn't get like a pocket quarterback type of guy. I didn't, I didn't get that from him. I got a guy that was, I saw a guy that was accurate. I mean, I mean, if you go back to his rookie year against the Ravens, you know, when we, uh, he, he moved, made a play outside the pocket and hit, I believe, Kendall Wright for a game winning uh, catch to get a field goal to win. I mean, I mean, even last year, uh, you know, against the Redskins outside the pocket, hit Taylor Gabriel for a beautiful pass in the you know, corner of the end zone. I mean, you know, or even against Green Bay last year, last season when he was outside the pocket, threw across his body to Anthony Miller. Like, I don't understand how Nagy sees this every day in practice. He sees this front row seat, and he tried to make Mitch more of a pocket guy. And I don't think it's any surprise – that Mitch is having success with leaning on the run and being able to uh, mirror those plays as if it's a run, but also get outside the pocket and make these, these type of throws. Like I, I don't think it's any surprise. And my last thing is, is I, I basically, I, I look to these shows sometimes and guys say, Hey, I don't believe in this Mitch because you know, we have tape. We know what this guy is, but my problem is, is like, do we really have the right tape? Because I feel like the tape that we ha- we have seen has been from a guy that's been forced to be something he's not. And what we're seeing now is a guy that can play free. He's confident because he knows he can play this type of game. And from what we've heard from him is that this is something that he's always been asking for. Um, and we don't obviously know why that is. But I, I just kind of want to get your, you know, how you feel about that, mm-hmm. those, those couple points there. Yeah, Larry, it's an excellent call and some great points, and I thank you very much. I, I, well, first of all, j- just to clarify, you know, all these things he's been asking for, that, that's not really what happened. I know where you're getting that from. It's from the reporting that we have done. Um, he did, he was asked the question, and it was really in relation to Nick Foles making such a big deal 
uh, earlier in the season about how important he thought it was that the coaches hear and understand what he likes to do. And so obviously Mitch should be treated the same way. And he was asked if he was telling the coaches what he wants to do. And he said, yes, I have spoken up more. But it's not like he had been begging for things that they weren't giving him or that he was trying to tell the coaches and they weren't listening. It's none of that. So now let's get to the bigger point, um, which is when Ryan Pace made the move that he made, not only traded his first round pick number three, but two threes and a four to go up one spot to two to get Mitch Trubisky, it's because he thought he was getting all of the above. What we knew at the time was that he was the least experienced quarterback coming out of college ever drafted in the first round in the NFL. That's actually a fact. You go back and look, any NFL quarterback drafted in the first round had more college starts and college experience than Mitch Trubisky did his one year as the starter at North Carolina. But what they thought they saw in that, they knew it was a developmental guy, but they thought they were getting Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. They thought they were getting a quarterback who had the tools and the traits to do all of the above, whether that was working from the pocket or working on the move or doing whatever it is that they're doing right now. And it has turned out, as they've gotten to know him and tried to develop his talents, that he probably is never going to be a pure pocket passer. It also turned out that in Matt Nagy's version of the Kansas City offense, that he wasn't using Mitch's mobility to his advantage, and it's one of Mitch's greatest strengths. You know, you look at what the Chiefs do with Patrick Mahomes, and he'll move around, he'll expend plays, he's an athlete, he'll come down the field occasionally, but that's not the main part of his game. What is part of his game is he's a gunslinger, and he's got the best arm talent we've ever seen, with the possible exception of Brett Favre, and that he is able to do things you're not supposed to be able to do. His mechanics break down, and he gets away with it. When Trubisky's mechanics break down, he doesn't get away with it because he doesn't have the arm talent um, that, that, that Mahomes has. And I'm going to go so far as to say I would guess that, that Ryan Pace knew that when he made the pick, but he thought the combination of all of, of, um, uh, of, of Mitch Trubisky's skills would be better than the, the accumulation of all of Mahomes' skills because let's not forget he was coming out of that air raid offense that had never projected well to the NFL, and it's why so many teams had him rated below Trubisky um, and, and, and Deshaun Watson. So um, I, I think that it, it's been a learning experience for everybody. I do not think that, that Mitch Trubisky is the innocent victim here. It's ironic to me because literally 10 days ago, it seemed like the majority of Bears fans wanted him gone, and now we're getting a ton of this idea that he's been the victim and that he hasn't been put in the right position and it's everybody else's fault. And I don't think any of these are, are uh, you know, one size fits all answers. Um, I think that, that, that Matt Nagy was stubborn and hung on too long trying to make Mitch Trubisky something that at least at this stage of his career, he's not going to be. I think that Mitch needed to mature and grow into this. I think that is one thing we're seeing that we haven't talked about tonight the benching may have been the best thing that ever happened to Mitch. You know, it obviously woke something up in him, and then he came back with a new system that he was better suited for, and it all seems to be working out. But you know what, guys? Hold the phone. There's 10 more days. There's two more games. We've seen how things have changed in the last 10 days, in the last two games. Let's see what happens in Jacksonville this Sunday. I'm going to get to visit with you a lot more between now and then. We, of course, will have our Bet River Sportsbook pregame show three hours before kickoff in Jacksonville on Sunday. 
along with Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley. I will be there. We will have the Prop Swap post-game show presented by PNC Bank immediately following the game. Post-post after that with Anthony Heron and Olin Krutz, plus all the rest of this week leading up to it, the best Bears talk in town. Right now, I want to thank my guests for this evening, J.J. Stankovitz, Anthony Heron, and Bruce Levine. I want to thank Studs. Adam Sadzinski does such a great job every time we get to work together. Did it once again tonight. Outstanding effort putting the show together, keeping us on the rails all night long. And most of all, I want to thank all of you, the best sports fans in the world, for listening to our number one rated sports station. I appreciate you listening to me tonight, to calling, to all the conversation. And right now, I want to tell you to stay tuned. We've got the CBS Sports Radio Network coming up next right here on The Score. I may not talk to you again before Thursday evening and Friday, so have a great Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Stay healthy, stay safe, everybody, and thank you so much for being with me tonight. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.